Good evening. It is time for the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm your host, Adam Wright, along with co-host Brian Mucker, Justin Tucker. We have a special guest, Robert Shelley. Yeah, what's good guys? My name is Robert. I am a senior older than these guys at Dean College. With them, I host the Pesky Poll podcast by myself going on about a year strong almost. I'm also the founder of the Amateur Hour Sports Network name. Kind of along with Adam. It really got started when these guys got their podcast started. But yeah, I run baseball podcast, but love the game of football also. Yeah, he literally just, I told him, hey, we're starting a podcast. And he's like, oh, I have a podcast too. You want to just like be brother, sister podcast? And we're like, yeah, I'll be your friend. <laughs> and, and we got one more podcast. With, yeah, And we got one more podcast underneath the name, Two Dudes Who Live Up in Canada that have our basketball side things. Right, yeah. Compass to... To Compass Podcast. Compass Podcast. I'm hoping that they'll come on your show sometime soon because they're huge football fans too. Good stuff, good stuff. Can't wait to have them. So, we have a big game to cover that wasn't so good, but big game, so buckle up. Buccaneers, they win the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. In a shocker, they beat the Chiefs 31 to 9. And Brady wins his 7th Super Bowl. And the Chiefs were were heavily penalized in this game. 11 penalties for a whopping 120 yards. Brady throws for two, for three touchdown passes and along with 125 passer rating, he wins his 5th Super Bowl MVP. So guys, we'll start with you, Brian. Okay. What was the biggest reason the Buccaneers won this game? Well, if I had to say, um, I'm not going to give any excuses to the Chiefs, but a lot of questionable penalties. To me, that uh, Mike Evans' pass interference call was a complete flop for him. You disagree with me on that. But I'm not going to give any excuses to the Chiefs. The Bucks defense came out, and they had Mahomes scrambling like a junkyard dog. He kept he, he was either getting sacked or he was either throwing the ball and – Gain pass or gain interceptions with the Buccaneers coming out of this game. He was running for his life. <laughs> Justin? Uh, just looking back on the game, I think penalties did play a factor, but not as much as Brian's contributing it to. I believe the Mike Evans call, it's like, is it a catchable ball? I don't know, but you can't tell the referees that it's not because it's Mike Evans, an all-pro caliber receiver. So he could come down with it. Uh. Mm-hmm. I believe the Bucks did a phenomenal job. I think it was a game of misses. The Chiefs had their chances. They didn't capitalize on their chances. There were a lot of plays where they should have caught the ball to help Patrick Mahomes out. They didn't. Oh, well. There were some plays I believe they did leave on the field, especially on the defense when it came to, like, just terrible penalties they were taking before halftime. Giving Gronk his second touchdown didn't help, or his two touchdowns didn't help especially when one of them was should have been a field goal. So all in all, I think the Buccaneers just played an overall better game than the Chiefs. Okay. Yeah, so I've had a problem with the Chiefs all season long. Oh, we know. This is a team, team – right, it's my turn. 
this is a team. <laughs> this is a team that throughout the whole season, it just felt like they just they just knew they felt like they were a dynasty already and they had only won one championship. You know, they were playing down to teams all year. They were making a lot of careless mistakes early and they were coming they were coming out with wins because they were just that good. But I just didn't like the way they were just so arrogant and kind of just played down to teams. There were teams they barely beat that they should have absolutely destroyed. I felt like this was something that they were it was eventually going to catch up with them and tonight it did. Or not tonight, sorry. Um Sunday night. Last, this past Sunday it did. Um they were penalized heavily especially during the first during the first half there were penalties mm-hmm. that they should not have committed but they did they right before the half Andy Reid I don't know what was going through his head but he called two timeouts while the while the buccaneers had the ball mm-hmm. and it allowed and it allowed the buccaneers to score a touchdown right before the half and it allowed them instead of going up say this team I mean if the Chiefs in the first half managed the game a little better, they wouldn't be up. They wouldn't be down 21 to six at halftime. They'd be down, say, they got. They'd be up. It'd be 13 to six. They mm-hmm. shouldn't have gotten. They want. They there was a field goal attempt. They should not have jumped off sides. I don't know what you're thinking on a chip shot field goal to. Just jump off sides and give them another chance. There was, like I said, there was two two timeouts that he shouldn't have called. They wouldn't have been able to score a touchdown. They probably would have just gotten a field goal. Thirteen to six at halftime. This is still a ball game. There's a different narrative. Now, I still think they would have lost because I because the Buccaneers just won at the line of scrim- line of scrimmage, like really won at the line of scrimmage. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life, so they would have won anyways. But the fact of the matter is, the reason this was a blowout, like everybody just did not expect, is because the Chiefs, like all, like they have all season long, were playing down. They felt like just showing up, they could win a championship. And it turns out, when they actually meet some tough competition... They didn't know how to act because they've been playing down all year. All right? You got to take this game a little more seriously. You're a great team, but you also have to have some toughness to you. All right? So bottom line is this team, they probably would have lost anyways because they, the line of scrimmage was just so bad. But it, this is the reason it was a blowout. They shot themselves in the foot here. That's That's my take. So... Robert, what do you have to say about the game? Okay, so before I get into what I got to say, first, hot take, Taylor Heineke performed better against Tom Brady than Patrick Mahomes did. Oh, yes. We're going to let that sit for a second. What did you just say? I said Taylor Heineke and the Washington football team did better against Tom Brady than Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. How could you say something so outrageous yet so true? (laughs) (laughs) For the people out there listening, let let that simmer in for a second. All right. I don't even know if that's a hot take. I'm not not even sure I can allow that to continue. Continue. (laughs) 
But yeah, so overall in the first half, I wasn't able to watch too, too much of it, mainly because um, I had to work. But mm-hmm. I watched the entirety of the second half. Let's let's just say the main reason that the um, that the Bucks won isn't because of Tom Brady. It's because of the um, Bucks front four. Mm-hmm. That front four has been almost elite all season, and they really proved themselves against a really injured offensive line. Mahomes was yeah. running like he was in Pirates of the Caribbean. Jack Sparrow running <laughs> away from <laughs> away from the natives. All right, <laughs> that's basically what was happening the entire game. Mahomes was running for so those cannibals team. were Shaquille Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. Eight and, and half, and you. That man looks like he was going to eat him. Yes. <laughs> Mahomes Mahomes played as best he could. Like, there's no denying that. But what we can also say is throughout the first half of the game, there was only one Chiefs um, receiver receiver that really had a good first half, and that was Travis Kelsey. Tyree Kill, and that was one of the main things they had to do was stop Tyree Kill. He, in the first half, or first, like, two and a half quarters, he only had two catches for 13 yards. He was completely neutralized with the entire first quarter. The Chiefs, I was expecting them to go down in the first half because – if you watch any Chiefs playoff football, that's what they do. They go down seven plus in the first half and then they make a comeback. You know, mm-hmm. so the Bills they were down nine to nothing before they actually started, you know, carrying. They've always done this. Wasn't a shock to me that they were down halftime. But like I said, Patrick Mahomes just looked like he was the weekend at the start of the Super Bowl trying to get through a maze. It was it was a whole adventure for Patrick Mahomes. These guys will definitely be back again. It was Yeah, I don't know what that was. <laughs> that was that We'll get in the halftime show later. That was weird, but <laughs> Ugh, yikes. Um, yeah, I I mean I agree for the most part, but you know that's kind of that's kind of that plays into my point in that they've they've been they've they play from behind all the time, and it gets to a point where they sort of they just expect to come back. Mm-hmm. And like as I feel like in this game. They just they fell behind and they didn't I didn't see much urgency from I thought Travis Kelsey he, he put up a great stat line but I thought he just looked he, he just looked like he he didn't have any energy just it wasn't there mm-hmm. it felt like the only guys who had any sort of urgency were Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill everybody else just failed to show up that day, that game yeah and they, like I said the Bucks defense as a whole deserved the MVP more than Tom Brady. If you're allowing that mm-hmm. dynamic offense, which is arguably the best offense in the league, to not even get a singular touchdown in the biggest game of the year, that, especially the front four, but the defense in general, deserves MVP. Here's my here's my counter argument to that, and I don't know if this could validate further if Brady deserved MVP or not, Super Bowl MVP or not, is that he kind of showed up to this team, an undisciplined football team. They've always been heavy, heavily penalized. They're turning the ball over all the time. They're taking sacks. He shows up, and with his leadership, this whole trickle-down effect, the Bucks defense is playing better. The coach, the coaches look like, almost, all of a sudden look like geniuses almost, and that, then it turns into this whole team is just playing better. They look like the Patriots in the South. And, and I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry to say I'm this, no. but if you if you take Jameis Winston and you put that thirty and thirty stat line and you make that let's say a thirty two and eight stat line, they make that, the play. That Bucks team might go to the conference championship with all the weapons they have. Not the Super Bowl. 
not the Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, obviously Brady's that transcendent to make him go to the Super Bowl. Absolutely but not the conference championship. There's a lot more. There's a lot more issues. Percent. I got. There I are have a that lot box more issues with James, James Winston than just turning the ball over. He did not take take care of that football. Yes. He's he a runner. And they they were drawing very bad penalties. His leadership was not there. They were undisciplined. He's only twenty five. Okay, so Jameis Winston and put in Tom Brady. No, they made a call. No, no, no. When he was twenty, when he was twenty-five, he had leadership coming into like, well, at least his second season, not his first season. Leadership that Jameis Winston doesn't have. Yes, I'm not saying Jameis Winston. I'm not saying Jameis Winston is Patrick Mahomes with extra picks or or young Tom Brady with extra picks. Jameis Winston is a strong arm pocket passer. That if he limited those interceptions, that team had the strength around it. Kind of resembling, I would say, a 2017 Jaguars. That defense mm-hmm. wasn't as good as the Jaguars, but they still had a great defense. That offense was still had the firepower to get where they needed to go. And I got that team probably competing with the Packers in the playoffs. Probably losing to the Packers, but beating the Packers. Or the Seahawks last year. Or, you know. San Francisco. Anyone else. Or San Francisco. I got them competing against San Francisco. I get they them losing to all three of those teams in the, if they ever face them in the playoffs. As a matter of fact, they were competing in the regular season, and it was competitive until Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston, and throws a pick six. Exactly. It happens. Exactly. He just doesn't know how to – and it's not just pick sixes. It's the whole – the team is drawing poor penalties. The um, The quarterback takes a sack when he should be throwing it away. Mm-hmm. It's there's little there's it's the little things that you do. It's the leadership that you bring to the table. And we got Jameis Winston out here. How many of y'all eating a W tonight? How many of y'all eating a W tonight? Can can I just say? All right. Besides He did not eat a W tonight. Spoiler alert. Besides Brady, who did the They got Fournette, all right, who came because mm-hmm. of Brady. Fournette really turned up his career and I'm great and Great that he did, right? They got AB, who really hasn't done too, too much this offseason or this season. Gronk, who it's Gronk, was nowhere near what he was in his prime, but it's still Gronk. Like, mm-hmm. how how better was he than OJ Howard? But that's um, neither here nor there. If they got a rookie offensive lineman, but other than that, what else did they get on the offense? Mike Evans. They had Mike yeah, Evans. They had new. Have my I mean, I mean, oh wait, uh, they added their their key players. They added were, I mean, if you looked at it, everybody's been saying all season that they've that they added all these players, and they did, but they didn't have to give up much. They pay, they didn't pay Antonio Brown very much. Mm-hmm. They gave, um, they only have to give up like what a million. Yeah, it was it was all just. Yeah, and like for they brought in Lashawn McCoy. He didn't. No, he, he, didn't, he, he, didn't, didn't play, he didn't play a role, and they no, didn't no. give up much for him either. So it was yep. just kind of they, they just. It was one hundred percent low risk, high reward situations. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm not sure if you guys heard this, but you want to hear the best thing about the uh, about what Tom Brady did throughout the season. What is it? His contract. You know how much money he earned this season? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, so I forgot the amount. $28.3 million. Yeah, he made more as the season went on with these incent- incentives. Yep, they got they got the incentives exactly to the point where they just had to do it for the meme. All right. We're getting off topic. 
Somebody got that. Um, Mahomes, with this loss, falls to two and three in head-to-head matchups against Tom Brady. Zero oh and two in the playoffs. I think, and with Tom Brady winning, with the pedigree that he has, the decorated career that he has now, seven Super Bowl victories, ten appearances, five Super Bowl MVPs, and on top of that, falling to two and three against against Brady. Does this does this past performance and this loss diminish Mahomes' hopes of ever being considered, uh, earning consideration of being the greatest of all time? We'll start with you. Um, I'm going to still say no, because even though Mahomes, yes, he has the talent what he has right now with Michael Hardman, he has Clyde, he has Hill, he has Kelsey. What you said in the last episode, yes, those guys might be gone within the next couple of years. Like, either traded out or released or who knows what will happen to them. Mm-hmm. But what, what you also have to think about this on the outside picture. The draft and free agency, they're out, the Chiefs are obviously going to hit. If they even if they lose Hill or Kelsey to either, like, contract feuds or something like that, they can still use the draft or free agency to get bigger pieces and maybe even better players than Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. I think that Mahomes, as a player – can use I think I think he's like Brady almost I think uh, Brady also had like no talent when it came in like the 2016 season around there I don't know but like what like I said here I think Mahomes whatever 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 path he's gonna take he's gonna use that talent that he has it doesn't matter if it has to be a top-notch wide receiver or anything like that that wide receiver could just be good overall because it's like Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to him so I think Mahomes overall, I think he could win a couple more Super Bowls, even though he's going to have Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and I'm going to say maybe, maybe Baker Mayfield in this conversation, but I don't know. He could be a, you know it's true. Even though I disagree, he could be a big-time player coming off this season. Yeah, and of course you as a Patriots fan wouldn't want to see that. I don't care as a Patriots fan. <laughs> I just – Fine, sorry, a Brady fan. I just know who's <laughs> the greatest of all time. That's not being. That's not just being a Brady fan. That's just being smart. Okay, so yeah. okay. Brady, Brady had like a couple of like weapons, right? A couple. How many? How many championships did he win with them? He does more with less. Yeah, I know. I'm saying. He, okay, so what do you have? Now, if that was the okay. case, he would have won in 2018. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 2018, 2019. Amendola, to me, Amendola wasn't wasn't was like a waste of time until he came to New England. Um. Yeah. Yes. What do you mean? That's just lying on this man. Brian. Brian. We need. We need to put Brian back on a script. <laughs> Brian. Maybe you need your script there, buddy. He's a. He's a New Yorker. He doesn't like so, uh, Boston fans. Let's go to. Let's go to Justin before, and I'll. Then I'll. I'll talk some sense into you. We need to slap Brian upside this, the head. This narrative that Brady never has like help and he wins with less. I'm. I'm not even going to get into that. It's just not true. But does this diminish diminishes Patrick Mahomes' chances? Yes. It just doesn't end them. I think it's another step forward for, like, Brady to just end the GOAT conversation with anybody because, you know, seven rings more than any franchise in history. It's kind of hard to debate that. You can't really do anything with it. What I will say, though, it's his first loss in the Super Bowl. He can come back from this. He has the opportunity to go to multiple Super Bowls 
Brady didn't just go to like six straight and that it was that. No, it was like a decade in between dynasties. So over time, I think it will be eventual. I think he will have another team that'll be as good, if not better than this previous team. And then they can go from there. So I think he still has a chance, but it has diminished in some eyes that, yes, Tom Brady will still be the GOAT by the time Patrick Mahomes is done. Here's here's the problem. We can't we can't even have this conversation for a good another ten years. Mm-hmm. Right, that's not even an overstatement. We can't put we cannot put Patrick Mahomes in the GOAT conversation until he's about thirty five years old. Then we can start talking about that. Just proves how much of a legacy and longevity that Brady has to his career. Along with you guys are saying, it doesn't necessarily. First of all, Tom Brady has always had weapons. Even in the decade when they didn't win a Super Bowl, he kind of had this guy called Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. He's had um. He's had a ton of different weapons. All right, Gronk, as much as I hate to say it, Aaron Hernandez, um, <laughs> Wes Welker. He's had so many weapons around him, not to mention an elite offensive line. You know, he's never really – correct me if I'm wrong. He's never really had, like, a great, great running back. But the, the thing that Brady does more with less is insane. All right, that's stupid. Brian, you're stupid. Let's get that <laughs> out of the way first. But, yeah, going back to that GOAT conversation, we can't have that conversation unless – Patrick Mahomes comes out here and literally wins the next six out of ten Super Bowls. We can't have that conversation. And that doesn't even really revolve around him. I mean, it's a 53-man roster. There are 22 guys that play all the time. If you have a really crappy defense, there's no way you're going to be able to win the Super Bowl. You could be as great of an offense as there ever was. But if you have a bottom-of-the-line defense, then you ain't going to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Who is their number one receiver in Super Bowl 51 for the Patriots? Which Super Bowl was that? Against, against the Falcons. Oh, uh, wasn't it? I believe in... Against who? Slot. Julian Edelman technically is the number one, but he plays slot, so they'll qualify him as a wide receiver three because of that. Yeah. But I would argue Julian Edelman is the number one. Yeah, I just said that to you. Who's their number, who's their number two receiver? That's not... I wouldn't, in 2016? Uh, Malcolm. 2016. Didn't they have, like, Muhammad Sanu by then? No, no, they didn't. No. Uh, Josh Dorman? No. 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 I think it was Malcolm Mitchell, Danny Amendola. No, Josh Gordon. I'm sorry. Not Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon was Hogan. Oh, Hogan. Martellus. Was he there? Yeah. Are these guys all top option, top tier options in a, in a passing offense? No. But that's not how Brady or Belichick run their offense. Under, under the Belichick name, it is. If you take 2018 Tom Brady, 2018 Tom Brady, and you put him in 2016, do you think they they still win, go 14 and two, and win the Super Bowl? They they didn't go 14. Yes. Who do they? My answer is no. They don't, <clears throat> because he was younger back then. Back then. He was actually able to win. He was actually able to do more. He was able to do more more with less. He took the 2013 team, who's who didn't have an established receiver yet. Edelman was in his first year. He hadn't even established himself as a number as the number two that he always that I always thought he was. Gronkowski they only had for about half a season. Mm-hmm. Dola, he was a. If you remember him, that year 
he was a disappointment for most of that season before he turned it on at the end of the 2014 season. But they still went to the conference championship. In 2014, this, in 2014, their number one receiver was also Edelman. After that, they got this guy, Brandon LaFell, who turned it, who turned in a 1,000-yard season. Mm-hmm. Danny Amendola was another receiver who did well for them. How's he doing in Detroit as their number three option? Oh, uh, sucks. If he if he is so great, Danny Amendola, then why isn't Det- didn't Detroit win more with Matthew Stafford? Okay. Here's, here's I- the problem with what you're saying, though. All right. Two things. First, I got to go back to what you said, the 2018 Brady couldn't do what 2016 Brady did. You mean the guy that in the Super Bowl set a record for most passing yards in a Super Bowl with, what was it, like 513? It was something crazy like that. 505 yards with his number one number one receiver in that game being Danny Amendola because yes. Edelman was gone to an ACL tear. They had Brandon Cooks was taken out of the game with concussion. He got the And he picked apart a top-ranked Eagles team for 505 yards and three touchdowns. And you're telling me he couldn't do that in 2016? In 2018, you don't think in 2018 he had a little bit of a drop-off? He proved that he could still do it. He could still do it, but he he certainly needed more. You asked him, could he do it? And the answer is yes, by that, by the Brady you're asking about. Yes. That Brady. Right. So he can the do point it. I'm just trying to make is that, like, Tom Brady, in his from age 41 to 43, he's still good. He's still a very good quarterback. In fact, he's still great, but he's not. I just think early, earlier on in his career, I thought he was a guy who could do more with less. Now he can't. That's why he moved over to. That's why he moved over to Tampa Bay. They have more talent, and he was able to reju where to play a little more rejuvenated football. And they they won a championship there. Yeah. Okay, so like, how got, are you talking about here? Like, when is the time where you played with less and made it as good as you're saying? Because in 2013, you saying he played with less, but only made it to the conference championship. The year after, he had Gronk, he had Edelman, he had Amendola, and they still made the Super Bowl and won it. And my argument has always been, it's never been about the players. It's been about the system of Belichick. Because he looks for mismatches. So that year with Brandon LaFell, he was the mismatch. And that's why he got the 1,000 yards. That's always been my argument with the Brady-Belichick system. They don't play by, like, star names or key players. No, they always look for a mismatch. And Edelman and LaFell just so happen to be those mismatches. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with Justin here because <laughs> if, you, if you were to take Bruce Arians and put him on that 2016 team, they're not winning the Super Bowl. Mm-mm. All right. They don't have the weapons. They don't have the coaching. But because you put Belichick in there, they now have the coaching that can do more with those little weapons. Mm-hmm. Right. Perfect point. Would anybody have known the name Gunnar Olszewski if Bill Belichick wasn't his coach? <laughs> Answer no. me that, Adam. What they have, have they made the playoffs? The answer, the answer is hell no. No one would know. No one would know the name Gunnar Olszewski as a good good now because what he's a rookie or second year player. He's still mm-hmm. good. All he does is special teams. Yes, that doesn't matter. Chance. 
Exactly he's, the point. They don't even they don't he can't play. He's good right now in his role because he has Belichick as a coach. That's what I'm trying to say. That's just one example of the numerous amounts that we can go through. All right, you think Wes Welker is doing anything else with any other team? Even if Brady is his quarterback, even if Drew Brees is his quarterback, prime Phillip Rivers, Aaron Luck, uh, Andrew Luck, and Aaron Rodgers, shut up. If you give him, if you give Wes Welker any of those other weapons, he ain't doing well. Even with Tom Brady on another team, Bill Belichick made those guys better than they were, especially wide receivers. And you cannot argue that to save your life. Yeah, I can't. Oh, you cannot. <laughs> How about if he's so great with making receivers this much better? Then why can't he draft a why can't he draft a wide receiver to save his life? Because we never need to draft one in the upper rounds. I mean, Nikhil Harry. Exactly, Nikhil Harry. Yeah, Nikhil Harry sucks. Yeah, and how long? And yeah, and how is Nikhil Harry turning out in New England right now? That's my point. He's awful. Yeah. The, you're not going to expect them to hit on every single one. Some players just don't have the drive. They're either injury prone or something like that. You know, it has to be on the end of the receiver too to put in the work. He hasn't. He hasn't. You can't blame. You can't blame Belichick for Nikhil Harry being injured his first year and then not putting in the work and having a disappointing season his second year. I, I blame him for being a bust. Yes. <laughs> you blame Belichick for, for Nikhil Harry getting injured. Name, I'm still waiting for you to name a receiver who he's drafted who's been good. No I mean, one he did, I'm pretty sure he did draft yeah, Julian Edelman. Yes, Julian Edelman. Well, was he Julian Edelman on drafted? But he ended up on the Patriots. His last receiver he drafted was Edelman. That was the only good one. It doesn't matter. If somebody's on your team that is good, that hasn't been good in other systems, it doesn't matter who the hell drafted them. It matters that they're on the team now and they're doing good. Or stay with me now. Brady does more with less. It was perfect. See, people, people always ask, was it Brady? Was it Belichick? No, it was both. It was obviously both bringing both their strengths in to make a perfect dynasty. All right, Brady yes, helped the receivers a lot. Right? Chris, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin were not going to do this well if they had, let's say, a, like four years younger Drew Brees. Yes, they were. What? All right, Brady, Brady does make his teammates better by what? his coaching, all right? Bruce Arians did not coach that game. Let's be honest. Brady coached that game. Are you like, talking about Bruce Arians is a fake different coach. We're bringing Bruce Arians in this conversation? Come on now. Bruce yeah. Arians is more of a player's coach. He's kind of the guy who just sits there, and he he's just – like please, please Brady, take advantage of me. This is more Robert. This is what more it is. It's more. It's it's like Brady on the offensive side doing all the work, and on the defensive side you see Ty Bowles doing all the work. Bruce Arians is there. He doesn't really do. He doesn't do anything. He lets his coaches coach, which is what they're paid to do. I don't think what what do you want the head the coach to do? Quarterback is not paid to do the head coach. Well, coaches defense. But Brady does. No, I'm talking about the, the OC Byron Leftwich is coaches oh. the offense. Ty yeah. Bowles does the defense. Let the coaches coach and just intermediate between the two that's what a head coach is what do you, what are we doing here i don't get why we criticize bruce arians this much because he just so happens to have tom brady because he's a fake coach he's not a fake coach he's a player's coach he's, that has a ring boost morale more more than anything he has a ring because he had tom brady land land on his lap no, he had he has a ring right now because he had the Bucks defense step up when they needed to, and just the overall talent to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, Todd Bowles doing it. I think Todd Bowles should be have the rightful 
head coaching spot. I mean, the Bucks defense who allowed how many points to 26 points to Rodgers in the offense? The only Bucks team that allowed nine is Super Bowl to get them the ring. Yep. All right. Sometimes it's going to be an offensive game. Sometimes it's going to be a defensive game. The defense knew that the the Chiefs' offensive line was terrible, so they needed to step up and take crucial advantage of that. And listen, I like Todd Bowles. He was the head coach of the Jets. Enough talking. Ew, gross. (laughs) Enough of that. (laughs) Enough. We can talk about that. You think he can coach with the Jets? I wish they kept him. Say a game stupid Adam Gase, but since we're so we're gonna move on. So since we're talking about this somehow turned into Brady and Belichick, that actually just so happens to be our next question. How hard does last night's game hit Bill Belichick's legacy? Not so, as hard as people doesn't in the slightest. So to me, Brian severely, Dunn. it hits him severely because what did Brady sign? Like a two-year deal with the Bucks? Two-year yep. with one. With so if, so Brady's already won one yeah, Super Bowl in his first year. If he ends up going back again next year, then that's gonna put Bill Belichick's GM spot on the hot seat, and it might, and he and, and I think that that might be the case. And now Robert's pissed off. Bill, if Bill Belichick is not, if he has the year that he had this year. And if that continues next year, he's going to be on the hot seat. Because, I agree because, with Brian. Because but... he can't draft on offense. He can only draft on defense. You saw what the wide receivers he's drafted over the years. They sucked. The Nikhil Eric bust. And I can, and I'm, I and I looked at the other list. I, don't, I never even knew what the hell these wide receivers' names are until I just saw the list. And Robert, you got to hear me on this. He's going. He might. This might happen next year. He might get fired if he doesn't perform better. He needs to draft. He needs to either sign a quarterback or Five. draft the thing. Justin, whoa, whoa, Justin, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold Can on, I go hold before on, you? Hold on. We need to. We need to. We need to clarify something here. Fired altogether or fired as a GM? No, fired as, as a GM. Coach, he stays. Okay, okay. Coach, he okay. stays. All right. Robert, you respond. He did not just say that. He did not just say that. I think he did. I think he did. Uh, first of all. You can only do so much when you have a quarterback that throws two passing touchdowns at Gillette. All right. We had Jared Stidham was not the answer. All right. And by the time everything was all said and done, it was either going to be Jared Smith. Uh, Jared Smith. What am I saying? Jared Stidham. Uh, Jake Fromm. I mean, who else was there? Jalen Hurts was in the third. No, Jalen Hurts was the second round guy. He wouldn't have, they wouldn't have taken him. Or oh, Jacob, Cam Newton. Jacob, Jacob Eason. Thank you. Yeah. I was about to say there's one more from the Colts I was forgetting. It was it was going to be one of those four quarterbacks, and realistically, none of them were getting you Super Bowl. All right, this offense just wasn't it. All right, we you, we could have had all the draft capital in the world. We weren't weren't signing one. We didn't have a first round pick this year. In the second, we took a safety because probably McCourty is going to be gone sometime soon. All right, it's filling a hole of need in the future. This team no, is not going to. That's why Patrick Chunk he opted out. That's why they needed a safety to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. McCourty's thing. I don't know I think he's still staying. He's getting older. That's my problem. He uh, might. He might. I don't know how. I don't know how well he's going to regress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, anyway, we had to use. I'm. I definitely wasn't a fan of the fourth round kicker pick, but you know. Yeah. I don't know we're, we're not going to. people too. All right. This this season. I mean, we still have a full off season to wait. All right. I I really wanted Stafford as the quarterback of this team, but. Realistically, it's going to be one of two people. 
it's either going to be, um, let's say, Kyle Trask or um, Matt Jones. James Winston. No. I don't think. I think they could take him away from the Saints. No, James Winston's going back to the Saints. They're going to progress on him highly. I really don't like Kyle Trask. Did he, did he only sign a one-year, or did he sign multiple-year He signed a one-year. He signed a one-year, but the Saints are still going to pursue him. Yes. I, I, I think, with James Winston, I like him as a quarterback. I just don't like what he has to bring to the table, like what you said earlier. Okay, I, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. All right. All right. If if you took if you took Jameis Winston with eye surgery and a better coach and put him in Cam Newton's shoes, does he do better than Cam Newton? He throws for more touchdown passes, but he turns the ball over. I'm gonna say yes. I think he does do better than Cam Newton. Thank you. Because mm-hmm. what Cam Newton did this year and he atrocious. it was atrocious. Like I like he he's he basically almost lost a starting job to Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham. Yeah, he lost it in back, multiple games. Backups have been backups the rest of the careers. Mm-hmm. During what Jared Sim could do, he goes he goes on the field, he throws a pick in his first in his first game, and on top of it, it was against the Jets. Hashtag bring okay. Jimmy Garoppolo back. That's a big if. I don't know if that, that they're talking about, but that's a big if. But they were also talking about Mitchell Trubisky, and that's oh, that's gonna be very very very. I mean, that. I don't. And another one that's on the trade block is Watson, but I realistically don't think that's going to be a thing. You get, I don't think you guys have the capital to get. They him. want they want two firsts and two good defensive players. We don't have that kind of asset to still be a competing team if we were to give up that much. Sure. All right, so Justin, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. The moment Brian said Bill Belichick should be fired and did not finish that statement, I almost lost it. Because I, I just said, uh, just fire him as a head coach. Because that, no. I would never say something like that. <laughs> that's a, oh. As dumb as I am, I'll never say something like that. I know that's what he's funny. done as a head coach, and it's killed me as a Jets fan. He's not leaving New England for a while until probably he's, like, retired. That's why I was happy when Adam asked to clarify your statement on that. Because even he saw the ridiculousness in that statement. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> Anyway, uh, Bill Belichick's not going anywhere. Uh, I think he's perfectly fine where he is with his eight Super Bowl rings. People forget how many rings this guy actually has. He has eight of them. That's more than Brady. I think Belichick has had problems drafting wide receivers. I think he's hit some. I think he's missed some getting receivers. I think hopefully he'll rectify that mistake. But first and foremost, they need a quarterback for the future. Cam Newton's not the franchise guy, and neither is anybody in the quarterback position. So I think they should draft a quarterback for the future and then go from there because they went 7-9, and nine, didn't they? They had an okay season. They almost beat Miami, and Miami was a 10-16. So uh, as far as this hurting Tom, uh, Bill Belichick's legacy or diminishing it in some way, no, not really. I think he's per- perfectly fine as is right now. I think people will always question if Brady had more than people give him credit for, but I think it's like 50-50 down the middle. I don't think Brady would have been as successful without Belichick and vice versa. Okay. So, <sighs> Matthew Stafford, a couple of weeks ago, 
It was a dark mm-hmm. day for New England. He was traded to the Rams for a haul of assets. It was congratulations to the Lions for getting such a such a great start to their rebuild. But, but in a follow-up, uh, in finding out what destinations he wanted to go to, his response was he wanted to go anywhere but New England. Mm-hmm. And another another thing that happened was a couple of weeks ago, one of the biggest quotes that came out, and I'm par- paraphrasing, Amendola literally went on, um, went on, I believe it was ESPN, in an interview, and he said, yeah, it's not, it wasn't Belichick, it was Brady. So I disagree. I think, I think it's about you can't really make a solid argument for anything more than in the area of 60-40 in either direction. Um, mm-hmm. However, I think when – I think we can all agree before Brady left this – left for Tampa this offseason – Belichick was a god to the entire league. Everybody, it was like I and I listened to 98.5 the Sports Hub, and over the years there was a quote that one of them said that one of them constantly says, Michael Felger. He says, "If I were to die and be reborn as anybody, it would be Bill Belichick, because I could sneeze and everybody would think that it's just this master plan, just part of like this mass like." He's just this mastermind, and I think this season hurt him just a little bit. He, his quarterback who left, who wouldn't, who he wouldn't let try to go play until he sucks, went and won a Super Bowl. He went, he picked up Cam Newton. He rolled the dice, and he was wrong on it. He, they finished seven and nine. The he can still coach. But we're starting to see that on offense, his track record is a little spotty. And we're starting to realize he's Bill Belichick is more of a defensive mind than he is offense. And I think he's is not – while I think he's still the, one of the greatest coaches to ever play, I think this, this certainly hurts him, and I don't think you can make an argument that it didn't. It really did. And I, I think – I think I think Brian's uh, take was very very out there, but I think he has a point in the fact that, uh, in the sense that bec- that he um, that if he has another down year like this, I don't think you should say he's on the hot seat, but you could certainly question his GM skills on the offensive side of the ball. Just look at what he has drafted over the years. His only, the only spot he's really done well at on offense is the O line. Is I mean, he's been solid at O line, but it's at tight end. He drafted Rob Gronkowski. He drafted this, this year. He sucked at that. It wasn't a tight end. I think he's talking about receivers. Tight end. Aaron Hernandez was a tight end. Ben yeah, Watson. He drafted. Yep. But um, look, look at the tight ends this year. The tight ends were terrible. I mean, Asi Asi was yikes. But here's here's the thing. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this now. Bill Belichick could go three and thirteen the next three seasons and not be fired just based on name alone. Mm-hmm. As a GM, as a, as a GM, as a GM, I am coach. Okay. He can go three and thirteen for the next three seasons and will still not be fired just on name alone. The Patriots will give him a job for as long as he wants to stay in the game. 
for what he's done for the team. Will happen, and I agree that probably won't happen. It's what should happen. Mm-hmm. My thing is, Tom Brady just left to go to a better team. He just looked at the roster around and was like, "No," and went yeah. to a better team. I think Brady realized, "I'm. I feel like." I'm on the clock now. I only have a certain number of years where I feel like I can do this at a high enough level and then I can retire. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I want to go to the place that gives me the best possibility. And Tampa was a great choice. I don't think people realized how great of a choice it actually was. But I think Brady just wanted to move on from what he had in New England. Yeah. They Tampa, why are you going to argue this? They had some talent on the. They have Tampa. The way I saw Tampa going into this upcoming season is they had talent on the offensive side of the ball, but they're they're still an undisciplined team. They have a head coach who's more of just a player's coach, just lets them do whatever the hell they want. And I don't think that's the right way to go when you're playing when you're in Tampa Bay, which is the most losing culture sport sports franchise. One of them, at least, they are statistically the most losing franchise out of all franchises in the history of sports. I don't so look at it that. I don't way. understand why they have yeah. a Super Bowl ring. And you take away the preseason, you take away OTAs. Mm-hmm. It's hard to transform a team just like that, especially yeah. you know. And they, there were signs of dysfunction throughout the year that they had to work out. I remember the game against the Chicago Bears. They were penalized heavily. I saw every time they had some good some good momentum going on any offensive drive, there would be some penalty on the offensive line, and it would just kill all the momentum. They lost. The next game, they were penalized, what, two, three times? Or did yeah. they get any – I don't think they got any penalties, did they? No, they got, they got a couple. They got a couple. Yeah. Point stands. They, as the team, as the game, as the season went on, that that culture was transformed. And they, like I, like I said, I stand and I stand by it. By the end of this season, they looked a lot more like the Patriots of the South. Little less buttoned up, but a little, they looked a little bit like the Patriots of the South. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's 60-40 Brady over Belichick, but only 60-40. And mm-hmm. I think. I said I said it to you guys right after the Super Bowl ended, but I think Belichick is going to find a way to uh, hold his own at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, can I be honest with you guys for a second? Yes. If you remember back uh, at the start of 2020 against the Titans in the playoffs, right? Right after Brady threw that final pick six, I looked at my little sister who was watching the game with me, and I said, "Well, have fun watching him in a Miami Mar- uh, in a Miami Dolphins uniform." I thought he was going to Miami. They just had all the right pieces. I I don't think. Well, I don't know. That that no makes sense. Think, that, think, that think back sense. then. They had they had all the right pieces. They had the cap space to tell Brady go out and look for any two players that you want to bring this team. Yeah. Bring them in here gladly. Plus they had the offensive. Uh, plus they had the draft picks to be able to draft mm-hmm. the other players that he didn't want to bring with him. Well, Adam, you also think Robert has a point here. Former former Patriots coach Brian Flores. Yeah. He, he had a bunch of pieces from the Patriots defense come over with Flores, and it and that offense was a little shaky. 
But if Brady comes to that offense, he could turn to any wide receiver into a good, into a, like a number one receiver, like uh, Grant to me. He he could be he could be possibly a number one if Brady came over. Devontae Parker's already proven himself as a number one, and I'm ha! sure. Well, no, do you get that? Yes. He's not a, He said he's a number one. Devontae Parker. I think Devontae yeah. Parker is a two. I think he could be, but I don't know. He's a one. I, I'm, he I'm could. Saying, he, so it depends on the act of him. Give him a better quarterback. But, see, the way I see it with the Miami Dolphins in the coming years and the past couple of years, that's a team that's on the rise and they're up and coming. But I, they're not ready now. And I think Belichick wanted to win. Or Sorry, Belichick. I thought I think Brady wanted to win now, and the Buccaneers were a team where he looked at and he said, "I'm just gonna I'm gonna go to this team. I'm gonna try and change the culture. And I think if I can change the culture and make this team more disciplined, I think I can turn this team into a Super Bowl winner. And that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. That's why I take Miami. Or sorry, that's why I take the Buccaneers over Miami. I thought the Chargers. Uh, and the Buccaneers were the best fits, and I'm, and they were right to tr- to aggressively pursue. Oh, here's the Chargers. Yeah. Game over. It was oh, the Chargers. Yeah. He went to the Chargers. They do worse than the Bucks. The Chargers. Uh, they made the playoffs. The injuries to the defense. Defense was heavily injured, so I see what you mean. Yeah, I, but I think if you put if you put Herbert on the Bucks and Brady on the Chargers. Right. Obviously, Herbert wouldn't go to the Bucks, but it's just a hypothetical that the Bucks would still make the playoffs. They'd make the, they but they probably wouldn't make. Mm-hmm. They'd probably be first first round exit, but they'd make the playoffs. They may not even make. I think they go ten and six, and because That's it's not just the talent, you Robert. It's not just the talent; it's the culture. It's the it's the fact the team was undisciplined. Do you think Justin? Do you think Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going to listen to to? Uh, Justin Herbert, do you think – Bruce Robert, Arians would actually have to do his job and step up as a coach and a leader. Really, so maybe. comes out of retirement. Well, you also got to think about this. When Gronk wasn't really like – he started to come off as – someone started to come off big when O.J. Howard was out for the season. It was originally yeah. O.J. Howard. Yeah. So when he would have to listen to either O.J. Howard and I think Brayton was in there a little. Gronk was more yeah. of like a blocking tight end until O.J. Howard went down. At yeah. first, but yeah. OJ Howard did go down. So. Yeah, so yeah. You know that. it's hard to play the hypotheticals. Yeah. yeah. And there is a butterfly effect too. If Herbert does go there, does uh, does her does OJ Howard tear his Achilles? We'll never know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we'll play the hypothetical game if OJ Howard. But if if Justin Herbert goes to Tampa. Rob Gronkowski does not go out of retirement. Mm-hmm. He probably goes. Nah, he, he's, he's not going. Eh. Actually, no, he does go out of retirement to play for L.A. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gronk in Hollywood, he's tearing that town up. Mm-hmm. Gronk is not coming to some games because he's hungover. Gronk's not going to week 15 because he's. I agree. I agree. I think he would come out of time if it was L.A. and Brady was there. Yeah. We need to move on to our final segment. All right. So going into – we're going to go past all this Super Bowl coverage. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, it's the off season. We're going to wind down a little bit, but not too much because it hasn't even started and it's already crazy. 
One player was already traded, Mike uh, Matthew Stafford, and we already have a lot of rumors flying around. Desha- Deshaun Watson expected to be traded. We have a lot of quarterbacks who are expected to be traded, um, and a lot of lot of good high high up there free agents, ev- literally everywhere. Um, so I want to get your give. I want to get one thought from each of you, um, one take going into this offseason. What interests you about this offseason? We'll start with you, Brian. Okay, so I would like to see where some of these top-notch receivers go, like Allen Robinson, Will Fuller, Juju Smith-Schuster. I would like to see where those go. I know Juju wants to be with the Steelers still, but the Steelers are also losing a lot of key players on their defense and offensive side, so I don't know where Juju's going to end up. Kenny Galladay, I saw that he declined, uh, I think it was a four-year, $16 million from Detroit. So I would like to see where he, he goes. Um, I don't think, after the season with Allen Robinson, I don't think he's going to go back to the Bears because he did not – he was really frustrated on that offense. And Wolf Fuller, if Deshaun's out, then I feel like he's going to be out too. And also going with Deshaun Watson, I would love – and I know Justin would love to hear this – I would love – to see him in a green, white, and black uniform. Love to see it because I know, I think he said he wants to go there first. He wants to test with the Jets. If the Jets decline, then obviously he'll go to Miami and they'll package two in a deal to send him to Houston. But yeah, I would love to see where these guys go. Carson Wentz, I heard he was he was supposed to sign with the team in the next couple of days, but um, I haven't seen anything yet with Carson. But I don't know where exactly he'll go. I want to say he might go to um, I, I maybe Atlanta, but I don't know what, what they'll do. I don't know. I, I really don't know with them. Justin? I agree with Brian when it comes to, like, the quarterback situations. It's, like, the first time that we've seen, like, so much starting caliber quarterbacks being on the market. So if I'm Deshaun, I kind of, if I'm a Niners fan, I kind of want to see him in the San Francisco uniform because if you look at that NFC West now, Murray, Stafford, and all these quarterbacks, I need you need like a starting caliber quarterback. You need like an elite caliber one, and that'll be Deshaun Watson. Now, Jimmy G could be that for you. That remains to be seen. But if I'm the Niners, I'd pull the trigger in a heartbeat and trade Jim Garoppolo away. Because Watson and Kyle Shanahan as an offense together, stop it. They're too good. Uh, as a, as the Ravens fan that I am, I kind of want us to get a receiver, whether it's through the draft or through free agency. I, I need us to get a wide receiver. Hopefully our passing game will improve, because if not, I'm going to strangle someone. Because I'm you, enough is enough of my passing game. Our running game is phenomenal. I mean, it is what it is, back-to-back 3,000-yard seasons. But I need to see, like, a lot more improvement in the passing game. And I know we've made some hires. So hopefully that will improve, and hopefully we get, like, I know I'm dreaming, but Allen Robinson says, yeah, the Ravens, they can get me a ring. So hopefully he can come my way. I, I wouldn't – Hate that. King Galladay, probably a two year, $15 million deal. Let me dream. Uh, other than that, that's it. Justin, if I see 
a re-sign of Willie Sneed and no other other receiver, I'm going. You're never going to hear the end of it for me and Andrew. It is what it is. It is now, what it is. Because you guys still have bum of Miles Boykin over there. Yeah, Marquise Brown can never hold the ball. So <laughs> listen, in the playoffs, he's clutch. In the regular season, he can't catch. I don't know what it is. Bless you. Okay, so I have four, I have three predictions and one question that have to do with the offseason slash um, next next season. My question, does t- uh, does Juju have more receptions or TikToks next year? Oh, that's a tough one. I, right. think, I think he actually steps up and gets more receptions, hopefully. I, I don't know, to be completely honest. But going into my predictions, and I want to say these are locks for predictions. Mm-hmm. All right. Number one, Cam Newton finds himself on the football team for about $15 million annually. Number two, um, Carson Wentz is either in a Bears uniform in a trade for um, in Nick Foles and picks, or he is in a Raiders uniform and Derek Carr gets cut. Uh, predi- Maybe a trade, but I don't know. Prediction number three, Deshaun Watson does end up on the Jets, but the Jets only go 6-11 and 11 because they <laughs> – because they pull, I think it's Emmett Smith. That, that the Cowboys did this for, they go the entire trade, like all draft, com- almost all draft compensation, plus Sam Darnold, just to make sure they outbid everyone else to get Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Okay, but what makes you think that they wouldn't, like, what, what Alan Jets Robinson are that stupid. Said, <laughs> Jets, <laughs> Jets are the Brian of the NFL. No, they're, no, they're not. That is not. Yes. No, it's, it's they the kept Brian. around Adam Gase for two years. years. That is one and a half years too many. This past year. I think it's two years too long, to be honest, but hey, they hired him. No, no, but this is what I'm saying. The Jets, uh, this is what I'm saying about the Jets. If the Jets land Deshaun Watson, Allen Robinson's going to look the other way. He might might want to come to the Jets, because that's what I saw on a Twitter that he sent out. Uh, Even even if they do get Allen Robinson, the Jets are just going to completely overpay based on draft compensation. Yeah, they're gonna be so much more. I'm I'm guaranteeing the deal's gonna look something around the lines of Sam Darnold two firsts this year's second, third, fourth, and next year's fifth. That's uh, that's a lot, but I don't know. Yes, hundred percent. I I say the Jets are stupid enough to try and outbid everyone else to get that. If Stafford is worth two first round picks and Jared Goff, who still has some promise left in him. Mm-hmm. That just boosted the market insanely high and completely lowered the value of first-round picks. Okay, so okay, so if the Jets package a deal, obviously they'll send like maybe like one. They'll obviously send their picks to them. Obviously, their second overall pick to them because Houston doesn't have it first. Yep. But what makes you think that they wouldn't add another player in to keep some of those picks? No, the the Texans need draft compensation. They gave up two first-round picks to get Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills. Yeah, All right, they need they need draft compensation for their life. They're in full rebuild mode. Free agents and trades aren't going to help them right now. They need to go young. They're going to want nothing but draft compensation and young players. That's why there's a that's why there's rumors of a Tua deal in the works because that's just a young quarterback they can need. He should not be going to Miami though. I like Tua yeah. as a quarterback. He should not be going. He should be staying in Miami. Yes, hundred percent. Thank you. <laughs> He's still a better fit in Miami. Yeah. Um. So another one thing that 
I've been really intrigued by in recent years um, and is starting to make tremendous strides even before this offseason even starts is the quarterback market so far in the NFL. So if you look in recent years, just in the contracts, they've been getting richer and richer as the years go on. Obviously, the biggest headline over um, this past offseason was that um, uh, Patrick Mahomes, is he becomes the highest paid athlete in sports history. Especially, that's huge for, especially in football, considering um, the big contracts that are coming out of uh, the uh, the MLB mm-hmm. so far, and the NFL being, it's just a kind of a middling uh, salary, just because players get injured often, there's no guaranteed with them. Um, and, you know, you have Kirk Cousins getting a huge deal. Um, Matthew Stafford was signed to a huge deal, and then he was traded for all of this uh, draft compensation. Um, you know, so I just wonder... Is this, are we seeing sort of a change in the league where uh, the league is learning just how valuable quarterbacks are? And it's and I kind of – the way I look at it, it's, it kind of reminds me of the NBA with their star power, how they sort of – the players know how much power they, they have. The league knows how much power the stars have. So they're willing to do whatever it takes to get these star players. And the, the players know it as well, and they're like, well – if you can't make me happy, then I'm just going to go somewhere with where they are going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how I feel about that yet because I don't like it in the NBA. Um, but I think we're, we might be experiencing a major change in value in position um, coming to the – with the quarterbacks. I think quarterback is – is quickly becoming one of the more valuable position, valuable positions, not just in football, but maybe in all of sports. Mm-hmm. Can I go? Can I go first and just say one quick thing, and I'll leave the floor open to you guys. Quarterbacks need to go. Quarterbacks and just any position in general need to go the way the NBA does and just get a hundred percent guaranteed contract. I mean, Brady's contract, right? He earned twenty-eight point three million dollars this year. The majority of it was on incentives. Incentives aren't guaranteed in your contract. Brady base salary was what 10 million 15 million it was one of those two right quarterbacks just need to fight for 100 percent guaranteed contracts i disagree i think it depends on the position it might that might be the case that might wind up happening with quarterback because quarterbacks last a little longer but when you go with other positions where players don't last quite as long then it's hard to it's hard to have any leverage for any guaranteed money so I just don't think I, – I disagree – I partly disagree with you on that, but I think certain positions you might be able to um, – there might be some changes there. I think we're witnessing a revolution um, for um, quarterbacks in the NFL right now, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. So when you bring up the part about the NBA, are you talking about like when Jimmy Butler was unhappy in Minnesota and you said – uh, screw Minnesota, I want to go to a different a team that will make me win? Is, it, is that like the reference you're saying? That's what happened. And I'm saying when LeBron James is a free agent, it turns into a massive event. And that could mm-hmm. be a thing with, especially when the league, the, the entire NFL blows up when we hear that Deshaun Watson wants to go. 
You know, mm. we can, we, you can, there's a, you can easily see in a time in the near future where, say, like an Aaron Rodgers says, like, screw it, I'm out. And it turns into like there's all these TV television events. They're sitting in like a whole gymnasium and he's making his he's saying, I'm taking my talents to San Francisco. And everybody's like, holy crap. And oh, by the way, I really think he would look awesome in San Francisco colors. Just saying, I think Aaron Rodgers will look awesome with San Francisco. OK, well, but, the reason why Watson is not want, OK, so they were a playoff team. Their biggest mistake was obviously train Hopkins in the offseason just to get a Injured, banged up David Johnson, but the reason why Watson wanted to leave Houston was because he wanted to be part of these like organizational talks. He was never part. Of it. So there's a reason why he wanted to leave. Now, I don't think it's because of the team's performance that happened this year. I think it's because of the organization itself. I think the hiring of I don't I always forget the GM's name. Who they just hired? He was like a Patriot or something. You know, uh, Nick, Nick, Nick Casario. Nick Casario. Oh, and I'll, I'll be, I'll be right back. You guys keep talking. I will be right back. Worst mm-hmm. calls. Of course it does. We're right back. That's exactly my point. <clears throat> you see, if he's unhappy with the organization, he has the leverage to just leave. And I think um, Houston keeps continuously says like, well, like we want him uh, to stay as a, as a, as a Texan. He's going to stay as a Texan. Um, it's turning into a little standoff here. I guarantee you, they're going to lose the standoff. He has yeah. way too much leverage. He can literally, he can just say, I'll, "I'll sit out this year," and eventually they're going to cave because they don't want. If they tr- wind up trading their franchise quarterback, they better get. Um, they're going to get a lot for him. Yeah, but what they're asking, most of the league probably won't do it, and so. They are content with just saying, listen, unless we're getting what we want, you're staying right here. And Deshaun says, I'm not playing. Mm. Yeah, but like Justin, he the words, I'm going to sit out. <laughs> yeah, the problem is Deshaun loses money even during preseason if he sits out. So if he sits out during the regular season, it's still a loss of money. I'm not sure Deshaun Watson is willing to lose like millions and millions of dollars to sit out. I think eventually he will play because – it's like going to get to a certain point, like, yeah, I need some of this money back, so I'm going to play. But at the same time, it's like he doesn't like the situation he's in. He's probably not going to be in it wholeheartedly, and it's going to be a, like a terrible position to be in. So I'm not sure if or when he'll get traded. It might be the next offseason. It might be in the next few days. We're just going to have to wait and see. Justin, Justin, I could easily bring up another player that had the same count, that is having the same or had the same issue that Deshaun's having right now. And then Le'Veon Bell had major issues with the Steelers organization. Did not yeah. sign a deal, did not reach an agreement, sat out, and he eventually got, uh, what did he get, released? And he signed with the Jets? Yeah. But that's different. Yeah. No, he was traded to the Jets. I he was traded to the Jets. Yeah, he was traded to the Jets. But the problem is, Le- Le- no, he signed with the Jets. Oh, right. Yeah, oh, yeah. he only had one deal left. He only had one year left, so he just said, "Screw it, I'm just gonna wait till I become a free agent." It's different with running backs. Running backs though. their value differently than quarterbacks. Running back quarterbacks have much higher value, um, you, you know. <coughs> but if he Watson's value could drop if he decides if he winds up <coughs> playing, he plays. He plays half hard, he plays half-assed football, 
and then his value goes down because they're like, okay, this guy doesn't have a good, a good attitude. And then the team doesn't get, the team does eventually trade him and they don't get as much as they would want for him. Okay. I agree with you on that. It's just that I think Watson's value is still high, even if he sets it to, or no matter what he could easily go. He, he could do like offseason training. If he sits out, it's not like he's going to like sit, sit on his ass and like not do anything. No, I think no. They're they're gonna wind up trading. Just just the fact that he says he doesn't want to be there, that's not a good look for the organization for them to keep to keep him around. If he doesn't want to be there, then he doesn't want to be there. Because yeah, he wants like, to win. You also you also see like the league, the, this franchise is learning. They know how valuable this quarterback is, and they're willing to do whatever it takes now to keep him. They want to keep him around. Yeah, but and I the problem is, Watson knows how valuable he is too. So it's going to turn into his major standoff. Do you have this standoff in at any position? I say no. At any other position in the on the field, you don't have this kind of major league-wide issue. Well, you do realize when you if, if Houston, the reason why Houston's been good is because of Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, but they gave away DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins. If they get rid of Watson now, he Houston's gonna be in. He's gonna be worse than Jacksonville at this point. I think Watson's value is still high no matter what, even if he sits out no matter what. He that's yeah, that's that's my point. Okay, well, still, uh, he wants to be on a team where they either have a bright future ahead of them or they're a winning team. I, I really don't know why he wants to go to the Jets. I guess it's like a full rebuild, and they might be. He's, I think he sees <coughs> they might be saying, oh, they might be a good team in a couple of years. But I'm not going to say that because the Jets have been the Jets ever since. And I understand why he's picking other teams like Miami and San Francisco as ones because they have a great team. They have a great coach. They have great coaches around them. So I see why he wants to go to these other teams and not Houston because Houston obviously does not want him. I don't know if Houston is like just saying, screw you, Watson. We're not going to let you on these conversations at all. All right, I don't, I, I don't think we can – you can't – it's hard to ver- really argue. They're going to wind up trading Deshaun Watson yeah. this offseason. Mm-hmm. I hope so. He's – and he, just the fact that he said he doesn't want to be there anymore. That's – they're, they're not going to keep him around. That sends all the wrong the wrong messages to the, to the locker room and the players. All right, we're going to call it quits for tonight, but – Make sure you guys check us check us out on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram at FumbleRooskyPod underscore podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. Over and out.